Welcome back to the carpool. We knew you want part two, so that's why we're here. I'm Stu. I'm Kyle, and today we're going to be going over. Uh, stole that from you, I guess. That's all good. But we're going to go for uh, hidden gems numbers five through one of onslaught. Yeah, we're pretty stoked about this because we're debating who actually has a better lineup. I'm, yeah, Stu accused me of being boring in my. Picks. Yeah, this one is. He is. I'm the practical, bread, and I'm that's the toast all. with jam. It's pretty much the. But either way, let us know. We're going to take a poll, so at any point, go ahead and update it. We'll throw it in now, but who had the better picks of this video? But with nothing more to ado, let's start off with my number five, and a great way of showing how my cards are better. Uh, oh, oh, all right. Yeah, number okay. five, here's a doozy. It's called Head Games. Uh, it is a black sorcery that costs five mana, and it is a three generic and double black, and it reads, Target Opponent puts the cards from his or her hand on top of his or her library. Search that player's library for that many cards. That player puts those cards into his or her hand and then shuffles his or her library. So, what this is doing in short is it's making it so that you go ahead and you completely alter an opponent's hand due to how many cards they have. So, whatever it is that they've been trying to grow up and build, they've tutored for this, they've gotten their combo pieces, you just flat out say no. That's all back in the deck and I can give you whatever I want. This can be if they're ahead, just solely lands. If it's somebody oh, yeah, who's falling do. behind or it's an ally that you need to be able to like search for this because they had the only answer to get rid of this Eldrazi or this Blightseal or also whatever, true. go ahead, do this, I'll make you lose your hand. I'll give you the answer and some other stuff for helping me, but it won't be OP. You are in control of this, and this is a card to not have played on you. Yeah, I see this card played a couple of times, but not real often, because the thing that bothers me is it doesn't affect the board state at all. Ooh, so It will. So, my point is, this only works if you are ahead. Like, if, you, if you're behind, this is not going there. to help you. Yeah, right. It's ahead, because it's... <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. But if you're behind, I don't really see this card helping you whatsoever. It is so, like, but if you are ahead and you play this card, this can pretty much seal the deal in your favor. Well, if you are behind, you usually get to the point where it's like, all right, I'm just bringing somebody down with me. And this is a card to also bring somebody down with you. Especially if they are going ahead and they are bouncing stuff back and taking all this other stuff. Like, we usually see the gods, especially the Scarab God, going back in to the hand. Mm -hmm. And the big problem with that is it's like you're not paying the commander tax. So right. now you can effectively get rid of that. Or if they've been going ahead and comboing and bringing stuff out and bouncing it back and doing this other stuff, like just to get the ETB triggers, this inherently messes up with all this stuff. Like if you go ahead, you Cyclonic Rift the board and play this, you yeah. <laughs> rewrote the you should, story of the game yeah, right there. Yeah, you definitely did. And I'll tell you one thing. If you do that to someone, they might just flat out scoop. <laughs> it's, it's possible. Especially if you it's can possible. make it so like the entire board gets put back. If you could put the lands back, if you go ahead and you make them into creatures, and then this goes back, yeah, I can't see yeah. somebody wanting to continue. Especially if it's turn five and you're hard casting it like this. Yeah, this is a very interesting card. I kind of think it should get a little more attention. Uh, as bam, it's hidden gem, I feel like all these cards should get a little more attention. But this one is very, very interesting. I don't think it's always going to be great or even good. But it is interesting. It is. Uh, yeah, it it's makes you, very It's odd. definitely a head game. Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> so going on, is. so just keep that in mind as we're going through as why my side's better than Kyle's. But for All Kyle's right. number five, what are we going to scratch the surface with? Well, we're going to go back to Goblin Tribal because I have yet another good card for that in the I, set. I'm already going to win. It's well, easy. Skirk Prospector is my number five. It's a 1-1 one, one Goblin for one red mana. And it's very, very simple. Sacrifice a Goblin, add red, 
to your mana pool. So again, goblins are a great tribe. Onslaught, in case you hadn't gotten the, the, the gist of things yet from our videos, was a tribal-based set. There were a lot of different tribes that got support in this set. Goblins was one of the biggest ones. Yep. So uh, goblins are a great tribe. They swarm very easily. They attack for massive amounts of damage. But this is mono-red. You need ramp. It's one of the things you don't have. You don't have ramp and you don't have card draw. This solves the ramp problem. So you have this card that basically you get rid of any number of goblins, generate however much mana you need. You ha have a commander like Krenko, we all know how that works out. You're gonna have a lot of goblins to spare. Yeah. The fact that this is a common and does this is crazy to me because this is definitely would not be a common today. This would be a rare. I would I would be willing to bet this card would be a rare. Or at least today. an uncommon at the very least of that. But yeah, but it's, it comes out on the first turn and starts ramping you potentially. Uh, That's crazy. This isn't a card to just play willy nilly like that. You definitely wait for the right moment to go ahead. You put this into the field to get the value that you want because this will get hit. This is definitely a threat card to go ahead and evaluate as such. It's, it's very simple in what its scope is, but the point of what it does is very strong to the point where you're saying this, Cal. This is awesome. It gets you the mana that you need. It's going to cost you Goblin, but is it really going to cost you anything? No. no. Yeah. Like I said, my choices in this video are purely based on practicality. These cards may be very simple, but they are very, very powerful, and they are obviously the best cards of this set. Yeah, so, you know what? I'm just gonna, that's gonna be a whole other uh, <laughs> tangent right there. But either way, I have nothing more to say about this card. If you no, know. go ahead. Let's let's see what your next uh, one is. So Prove to, me wrong. Yeah, my number four definitely is gonna have a lot of layers of flavor on this one. It is called Riptide Shapeshifter. It is a five drop creature. It costs five mana as well. It is a three generic and double blue for a three three body for and with the added effect of. Having four mana, you can go ahead and sacrifice this guy if you pay double generic and double blue, and choose a creature type. You reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature of that type, and you put it into play. And then afterwards, you shuffle your deck. So this is really cool for a couple reasons. Because it's a pseudo-tutor, but it goes directly to the field, so it's Which almost... really nice. It's like a transmute kind of effect that you're yeah. going on right there. And those are very strong, very powerful oh, cards. Yeah. So for nine mana, if you were to use this the turn it comes out, which you can do, you don't have to go ahead and tap this. Right. You can go ahead and dig for something big. So if you're using a deck that manipulates the top deck, or you at least know what's up there, like a Rashmi Eternity's Crafter, you know what's coming up next, and you yeah. can make it so that you have a Blightsteel or your Eldrazi Titan or whatever. Yeah. But even if you don't, and that's what you're going to say, is if you don't know this yeah. kind of stuff, if you are using a deck that uses a variety of things, it's not exactly tribal, you know what certain types have as certain yeah. effects. If you have a very small handful of powerful creatures in your deck that you want to tutor out quickly, and usually those kind of things, they, they usually have different types. Yeah. So whichever one you need, you can just tutor it right out for four or maybe a little more mana, however much it takes. That's a really, really good ability to have, especially yeah. in blue that doesn't generally get to just like cheat things out from the deck like that. Or you could put it into a deck that has other stuff. So like, let's put it in the realm house of mono black, usually zombies galore. But sometimes you have wizard tacked onto it, or demons, or zombie, so some kind of yeah, some or kind of human. random yeah, right, some or, kind so of it's random like, type. If yeah. you know at least a little of the caveats tied onto that, be like, all right, I need, I need something that can dig. Well, I need something that can tutor. I need something that sacks. 
Like this is also gonna have the type of dragon put onto it. So this can help you in those situations, even if you aren't going for a tribal basis. Yeah. And that's what makes this thing so unique. It's great in a toolbox type deck where you have a lot of different creatures that serve different roles, but aren't really like synergistic to like uh, among their tribes yeah so yeah you can just dig out any one of them at a moment's notice or if you need more answers if we're going to stay in blue solely mold drifter is a staple in blue but you don't see mm. elementals across the board for it so you just say Usually name not. elemental yeah. get it into play that's a five drop you'd be getting for four for example you're going to draw two and now you have this body on the board so it's mm -hmm. a interesting way because blue doesn't tutor for creatures no, in this realm and yeah. even though you don't get to have the choice of it kind of like it's almost red in its scope of the chaos kind of effect but it's yeah. just you, so dang good oh yeah all you have to do is build correctly and it's yeah slam or, dunk every time or play the deck if you have only a couple decks you play them down you got them deep in the knowledge brain of your section you'll know what you can dig for and it'll be there. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. This is a very interesting one and I totally 100% support I, that. All right, see, you're helping my crowd. I appreciate it. But on to your number four, Kyle. Is it better than this? All right, well, I would argue that it is, but that's from a practical standpoint. My number four <laughs> is Gratuitous Violence, continuing with the theme of red cards because I think red was definitely the best color in this set. No, I don't, I don't agree. Well, we'll see. This one costs a five mana, and there's triple red in that cost, so that's pretty intimidating at first. But it's another enchantment with a simple effect. If a creature you control would deal damage to a creature or a player, it deals double that damage to that creature or player instead. So, once again, let's take note that this doubles damage. We've talked about some cards like that before. What makes this one special? Well, other than the fact that it's one-sided, which Furnace of Wrath can't yeah, say. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'll tell you what makes this card special. It says a creature deals damage. Doesn't say combat damage. Any kind of damage. Any kind of damage yeah, at all. Yeah, you're right. This doubles Goblin Sharpshooter damage that we talked about in the last video. Doubles pretty much any kind of oh, trigger damage. Like, well, no, that's that's not a creature. So oh, my bad. Wouldn't yeah, be that, be no, creature. but a creature like a Gutter Snipe or a Thermo Alchemist that taps to do damage or when you play an instant or sorcery, do damage. It doubles that damage. My favorite place to play this is it's hilarious with Saskia the Unyielding the four-color oh, commander, who you name somebody, they take all the damage everyone else takes. You then play this, and they're taking like quadruple damage every single yeah, time you much hit somebody. Dead. It's, yeah, I've done that before. That's a lot of fun. Or so, Heartless Hitagetsu, that's game. Right, exactly. Yeah, yep. wow. So yeah, this card straight up doubles any kind of damage from creatures at all, and that just makes it a super powerful card to have in Red's arsenal. Especially because Red usually likes to do this symmetrically. Yeah, this is this is the unfair version that you usually see with something like this, and and also with like a Perforos, for example. Yeah, it just goes ahead and makes it so it's like all right, four damage every turn. Yeah, or, or every time you play a creature. Yeah, it's, yeah it, is. it scales real quick. It grows mm -hmm. real quick. The only thing I feel like it's missing, it could be Oracle, and I don't know. It just doesn't say Planeswalker, and that's the only thing I feel like it's slightly missing on this one. But well, I, I can the player, look it up, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's probably. But even still, usually the player something usually means that now. But so if it has it in there, it's fine across the board for me. If it, the planes Parker. Planeswalker part is the only thing I think that might be a little lacking yeah, in Yeah, it includes that. They've changed it to permanence or players. Perfect so, then. Yeah. All right, yeah, so then there's really no, I guess, loopholes for this. So, yeah, I agree with you, Kyle. This is a good card. This is a 100% Simplistic card. in its scope, but it, it, yeah, it does what it does. It's it right at its It gets the core. job done. It gets the job done. So, moving on to number three, if you don't mind. No, go ahead. So, I have a creature here that, again, is going to make you think a little bit. 
It's called Undead Gladiator. It's pretty much Russell Crowe. Um, <laughs> it costs three mana. It is a generic and double black for a zombie barbarian. It has a 3-1 body and it has two effects. For a white, uh, not white, a generic and a black, you can go ahead and discard this a card from your hand and return this card from your graveyard to your hand. And this is only during the upkeep you can activate this effect. Mm -hmm. Secondly, it also has cycling tacked onto it where you go ahead and you play one generic and a black for that. And pretty much what it is, is you put this card into the graveyard to in turn draw a different card. Mm. So why is this card so good? Well, the reason being is usually at the point of the game, if you are in trouble and you're top decking, you don't have much going on, you could inherently recover yourself to make it so that you can go ahead and dig one card deeper each turn. You aren't going to be really playing this card for anything. This is going to be a card to put in the grave and pretty much go ahead, discard it to draw. This can activate your dredge. This can activate a whole bunch of different kind of triggers that you may or may not want to have happen due to whatever commander or deck style you're going for. The scope of this guy is really big, but it, again, you have to look at how to truly apply it. And that's what really makes this card stand out to me. Well, keep in mind also that this says, this is something I've realized from looking at this card myself. I've never actually put it in any decks, but it is a consideration. It's a very interesting card. The thing that holds me back on it is the fact that you can only use the ability during your upkeep. Yes. That limits its playability to a great extent. However, it does not say activate this ability at the beginning of your upkeep. Yeah. Think about that. So you, if you, depending on how much mana you have available in your upkeep, you could get this back, discard it, draw, get it yeah. back, discard and draw as many times as you want. Yeah, so you can go as ahead. As long as it's just during that phase. Yeah, and as long as you're cycling. So it's untap, upkeep, draw. So it's mm -hmm. untap. All right, your lands are all in play. Go ahead, pay the two real fast before you draw to go ahead and cycle and draw what you want. And then if you don't want that, you discard the card you just put and then do that. So you can repeat this and fill yeah. your grave up as much as you want. Right, and the fact that this is a zombie really helps its case because Huge. zombies are a powerful tribe. Zombies like the graveyard. Sometimes a mono black deck might have a little trouble drawing cards. I mean, they have a lot of ways to draw they cards. They tutor but enough to not it, really worry about it. It could about happen, it. so this is a good tool to have in the arsenal, but... Usually, you end up playing zombies in like blue, black, or or another like combination of that. colors, yeah. which kind of mitigates the card draw problem. I've never thought this card quite passes the threshold of good enough for those decks, this, but it's it's close. It's a really interesting card. This is I will one of those cards. That. It's like if you get it in your opening hand, you can play it out. That's fine. Or you can cycle it. That's fine. At the end of the game, when you're in trouble, you're looking for an answer because you're opponent's about to win, or you see what's going on, and you're falling back, or you need something else, or you just have dead cards in your hand, use this effect. You're going to deplete a lot of your mana, sure, but you're also going to get what you need. So it doesn't really matter if you don't have much mana at that point. You know where this might be good? Sir Conrad. Sir, yeah, Sir Conrad would be yeah, great. It might, it might be. It, it goes to the be. grave. It comes back. That's a trigger. You go you ahead. discard you... a card. Maybe it's a creature. Yeah, I don't know. I have to think about that one. Yeah, I, yeah. So if you have enough mana, that could kill the table possibly so it's yeah. so again look at this and apply it also let me know in the comments down below where you would apply it because mm -hmm. again i had the idea with it i don't exactly have the full knowledge for it but either way that's my number three kyle what do you got all right well going on to my number three yet another red card and yet another enchantment this time it's going to be aggravated assaults because we this talked about it before and yeah i just had to talk about it now 
So it's an enchantment that costs three to play and it has one ability which costs five to use. And when you use it, you untap all creatures you control and after this phase, there's an additional combat followed by an additional main phase. And of course, play this ability only anytime you could play a sorcery. Yep. So this is a card that has become really infamous for creating infinite combat loops. Since Neheb. For, for a good reason. I mean, Neheb the Eternal is the primary offender. As long as you can continually generate five damage, you have infinite combat steps. Yep. So having a permanent way to make more combat steps is extremely powerful. So we see Aurelia the War Leader, Hellkite Charger, both very, very good cards. There are a lot of instants and sorceries that do this kind of thing that give you an extra combat step. I don't necessarily always play those because just they are very limited in yeah. the scope of what they can do. But just having this sit around all game and be there well, when you want it's it. It's not going to sit around all game great. in all honesty. Because it's honestly, as soon as it hits, people read that and they're like, Yikes. Yeah. I read this and I say yikes. And, right, exactly. And honestly, this card kind of fell to the folds of time, more or less, until Neheb came out and brought it back. People did use it, people still knew about it. Mm. So once Neheb was shown as being like a spoiler card forever ago, they were like, I remember this card. I know what yeah. I'm doing with this. Either Neheb, really, even the new one from War of the Spark. Yeah, and that works one still works one as too. well. Anything that can go ahead and produce extra mana. This is great. This is really so, so great. Yeah. And the fact is that it's an enchantment and it's recurrable like this. If this was just a sorcery or an instant, it'd be good. But it's the same thing you look at for decks to try to take infinite turns. They're using a one-of card. This one is a one-of card that can keep propelling itself. Right. Whereas exactly. the other way around, it's not the same way. So... Which one's better in that case? Infinite turns or infinite attacks? It's almost yeah. the same thing. It's but like, would you, yeah, would you play an enchantment that if you like tapped five mana, you take an extra turn? I know I would. Yeah. That's basically what this is. This pretty much is what it is. And yeah. for being in red, that's super powerful. It makes Is It have more weapons that it doesn't need. <laughs> but it's just a great card on its own, whether it's in a deck that's meant to abuse it or not. And yeah, I agree with you. It's. I've it, some can't people argue with that you one. can't you can't argue with it. I can't I can't, I can't <laughs> argue with it. But now moving on to another enchantment, and this one's kind of uh, value trainee kind right. of style like that. Okay. So for my number two, we're looking at a black enchantment called Death Match. Oh, not that. It's Death Match. You know, because <laughs> I'm illiterate. It costs four mana. It is three generic and a black, and it reads: Whenever a creature comes into play, that creature's controller may have target creature of his or her choice get minus three, minus three until the end of turn. Now we see this sprinkled throughout Magic all over the place, where creatures can go ahead and get lower stats for until the end of turn. Minus two, minus two, minus three, minus three. But this is recurrable, like we said with the yeah, combat steps. So. Why is this so fab? Well, there's an entire deck archetype that would love this, and I have not seen it implemented there. Super Friends. They need a way to keep the Planeswalkers alive. So usually they go ahead and they create tokens to be, go out right. and chump block. Well, now that chump block token is taking out something that's probably way bigger than it. And just for the fact that it's just using a plus ability, which it already wants to do, and it's removing a threat, which is also what it wants to do. This is only four mana and it's a scary card, but again, if you're using Super Friends or you're very creature light, this is exactly what you want to do and use. Yeah, it's very rare of me to say this, but I did not know this card existed yes! before now. I really did not. I'd never heard of it before. I rarely and get those on yeah, you. Yeah, you, really, you rarely do, but now that I see it, this is very interesting. Yeah, and you're right. 
Planeswalkers would definitely enjoy this card because even the, the downside of this is, of course, everybody gets the same ability. They but do. if you don't have any creatures to get rid of, of course, it doesn't work on Planeswalkers. So there you go. But yeah, it, very interesting. I'm trying to figure out, other than that, where else this would belong. But the fact that it is such a double-edged sword makes it kind of difficult to tell. If you're playing a token-based deck in black, which I don't think there are all that many of, Endrixar Master well, Breeder no, comes the, to there's, mind. There, but... there are token decks in black, zombies out the wazoo, but the things that you need to have on the field are also creatures. So right. it makes it risky in that scenario. Exactly. So it's a very, very interesting card, though. Yeah. yeah. If you can go ahead and give cool. Blanket Hexproof to your guys or something like that, you don't have to worry about this. That's true. I mean, if you have a Hirobi's Death Whale deck, like where targeting is a thing, yeah. this targets. <laughs> so it's it's unique in the realm where it's like, this was made so long ago, but this is such a huge staple of what you'd want to see for a Planeswalker deck mm -hmm. that it's kind of like, did they plan that the whole time? There's no <laughs> way that this works so well no, with I, that. I don't I don't think they planned it, but it, is, it, it certainly be. works for that strategy, but, 100%. But outside of that, if you can go ahead and produce tokens at instant speed, like you see with a Rise the Redeemed kind of style, mm -hmm. you can inherently get the value out of this, even if they do target your commander. Oh, you absolutely. can go ahead and like tear down a creature, even a Blightsteel, can't yeah. hold its own on this. Yeah, the fact that it's minus three, minus three, yeah, it gets around indestructibility, which is it's So great. strong. Yeah. So... Definitely take a note out for it. This card is pennies. Like, yeah. you can get this so cheap, and honestly, I'm getting a playset before anyone else starts getting them. Yeah, but, that's a pretty cool card. All right. So, number two, Kyle. Okay. Like number two for me, we're going to go back to Tribal for a second. My number two is going to be Void Mage Prodigy, and I've played this card a lot. But it's not red. <laughs> no, it's not. It's blue. <laughs> but it's my favorite color, so we're back to it. Um, it costs double blue to play. It's so two mana for a 2-1 wizard creature. Uh, has the morph ability, which I'm not going to bother explaining that because it's not really relevant on this card. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, you know, you can play it as a 2-2 face down for extra mana, flip it up. It kind of adds a little surprise factor You just said you weren't going to explain it. Uh, it's not really the point. So you sacrifice a wizard by paying 2 mana and counter target spell. So that's the ability. It's very, very simple, but again, oh, so powerful. I mean, counter spells are good. Yes. I think we can all agree. A counterspell with legs and a body like that is also really, is, is even better than that. But one that makes every wizard you control into a counterspell, the literal counterspell spell, yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty solid. See, the thing is, is also, you are still telegraphing your punches with this, because usually when anyone sees the infamous two islands untapped kind of thing, or two permanents that can produce blue mana, like, they have a counterspell. They have the infamous counterspell. And the fact is also, if this is face down, you're paying three. So you see stuff like cancel and all that other stuff which costs mm. three mana. So you're playing blue, you're playing against control, which obviously this would be. Oh yeah. You kind of have an idea that whatever you're gonna play is gonna get ca uh, countered, so. Exactly, you stick this on a board, with a, yeah, an empty board with a bunch of wizards, it's lights out for whoever you're playing. You, they're not going to get a word in edgewise for the rest of the game. Pretty much. So it's, it, but I also that's my only qualm with it. It's a little telegraphed, but even still, I love it. It's it, it also since we had Wizard Tribal become a thing, this also now has just gotten stronger as time has gone on, and it just Definitely. has gotten better with well, literally everything. So yeah, it's a great card. 
if you didn't know about it, you definitely had it played on you once, you never forget about this guy. Like, how do I get rid of him? Well, yeah, you keep creating tokens or whatever. Staple of tribal wizards for sure. And even if you're just playing it on its own, it's not bad. It's a counter spell that can block for you if you need to. It's pretty Would, good. Yeah, it's got that Sakura Tribe Elder kind of benefit that you yeah. want for it. So, yeah, I agree. Great card. All right. Um, well, now, number one, Stu? Number what is one. That? So, this is what's going to, we'll see. You know who's better. Obviously. Uh, right, so uh, we'll my see. number one is going to go to a green card, which we didn't get many of for this set. But this mm. one is a doozy. It's called Chain of Acid. It is a four-drop sorcery, and it reads: Destroy target non-creature permanent. Then that permanent controller may copy the spell and may choose a new target for that copy. So this is a kind of like fair version of destroying permanence where we kind of see this with like a ghostly ghost quarter i'm going to lose this and you and turn are going to lose this but the caveat to this is that this continues as long as the controllers are willing to pay yeah. permanence for it but the best thing to note about this is you're in green hmm. and you're playing this this is non-creature permanence this is a mosswood troll or whatever the guys who comes in and destroys a non-creature permanent well, um, I mean, there's a lot of it. Like Woodfall Primus? Woodfall Primus yeah. is the guy I'm thinking of. So you have creatures because you're in green, making it so that you're going to have a board state afterwards. So no one's going to have any lands or planeswalkers or enchantments anymore. They're just going to have creatures out. And if a board wipe just happened and you play creatures and you use this, they better know not to keep doing this. But that's not what happens in Commander. You're like, yeah. you took my land, I'm taking your land. This is weird because there, there is this is a cycle of cards in Onslaught. Uh, the one that I see most often is Chain of Vapor. I yep. see that played that's fairly a... often. But the thing with all the other cards in the cycle is that they each require some kind of payment in order to copy them. Like Chain of Vapor, then you have to pay mana for it or something like that. But the point is, this one doesn't. And why? Yeah. It, because uh, that's because that's really good. This literally is going to melt the board like acid. It, I mean, it could. And I don't think anybody's going to really let it go that far, but it could, and that's crazy to me. Yeah, and the good thing about this is, again, the creatures will stand. They will make it through this whole debacle. So, like, if... Wow. Again, if they're not playing creature heavy, if they're like a storm deck that only has, like, a couple creatures in there, they're in trouble. They're going to have to know to say no to this. But again, they're a control player. They're going to be out for revenge. So, again, this is like kind of like when you first see somebody go ahead and play like, not not the join forces mechanic. What's the other one where it's like um, uh, tempt? Like the tempt yeah, discovery? Tempt, yeah. You have to know not to do anything and just bite your tongue and deal with it. If they don't do that, you reap the rewards because you're paying this for four mana. Yeah. This is the closest green is getting to a board wipe. Yeah, this is really, really interesting. Because again, I know I know about some of the other cards in the cycle, but I don't think I ever consulted the green version at all. So looking at this was pretty surprising to me because I was like, wait a minute, you don't have to pay for this? What? Yeah, yeah it's so That's good. That's crazy to me. Which is funny because green has all the mana, so like you'd yeah, expect it the like, other way around. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It could be, so for four mana, destroy everything that's not a creature. I don't know that anybody would ever let it go that far, but just the fact that you could, that's that's pretty powerful, really. But if you mind control somebody or mind slave or mind somebody, slave, yeah. they are going to make it extend. Well, right, they, they would have to, yeah. But it, it's very interesting. Like, wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So All right. something I to guess. note, something to keep I in the back it, yeah. of your mind. Uh, you win this round. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, what's your number one? Wow. All right. Well, once again, I'm going with the possibly generic, but also in vibes, very useful and very powerful. My number one is going to be a land called Grand Coliseum. 
Now, this is a land, again, it comes into play tapped. Taps for one colorless, so eh, not so great there. But tap it also to possibly add one mana of any color to your mana pool, and Grand Coliseum does one damage to you. So, as Stu will tell you, and as people who play me with any consistency will tell you, uh, I'm a big fan of cheap mana fixing, and therefore I'm a big fan of all the pain lands. The lands that, you know, tap for one of two this colors and they do damage to you. This, this is basically the multicolor pain land. This existed before Mana Confluence existed. City of Brass technically That's existed before say. this too. But what this has uh, what this has over those two cards, they come into play untapped. This does not. But this has the option of making colorless and not doing any damage to you. Just yeah. like all the other dual color pain lands do. Well, except for like City of Brass, where it's like whenever it taps, right, you still that's, take Right, but that's a multicolor one. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're the dual color one. So this is basically another pain land that, like I said, this is, uh, this is no City of Brass or Mana Confluence. But it can cost you no life, or it can cost you one life to get whatever you need at the time. See, the only problem I have with this card is that you have lands like Trans Guild Promenade and Tarnished Citadel, where it's like they enter into play taps. Right. You have to pay one mana, mm -hmm. but then it untaps the next turn, and then it can use to produce any color mana forever. Well, Tarnished Citadel is a little bit different. Oh, it not gives Tarnished you, Citadel. Yeah, but like, um, no, I know what you mean, but the, uh, they had a Rupture Spire, Rupture Spire. and, and uh, Transfield Promenade. Promenade. Yeah. Those, I, ugh, I really don't like those it's lands. It's the same They feel so thing. bad. It, no, it's not, because you're losing two mana. Well, you're losing one mana by playing those. You're not losing any mana by playing this. You aren't getting a land Because the majority of lands come into play tapped. If this came so, into play untapped, It'd be way better, like you see with the pain lands, and and that's why. Well, I think, then it'd just be a city of brass, and uh, there's no point. And a tarnished citadel is also the same kind of thing. You can use it the same turn; it'll hurt you for three as opposed exactly. to one. Exactly. That's why. That's my big problem with that card. But you can use it the turn it comes into play. So I don't. I don't know if this passes the vanilla test for this me. This is this is a staple in decks that are three or more colors, not five colors. I would not put this in five colors. That's what a city of brass or a mana confluence is for. It is, is a paperclip. But in a in a three or four color deck, this is a must have. This that is, is my I, this is my strong opinion. I, well, obviously it's your strong opinion. It's not a fact. I'll tell you that much. But we'll you know we'll do another poll. Is this a staple for three or higher? We'll we'll ping it up here. We'll see where we stand because we're always divided on this card. Well, and as we say most of the time, this is a budget option. This you is know? a budget option. This card is not even a dollar. So is Rupture Spire. Yeah, but that's garbage. That this is, is not. That is, you bite your tongue. They are they are completely different. They are they, completely they, different. They are not. This yeah, mine's better. No, that one comes into play tapped and costs you another land in the process. This does not. Yeah, and that one also... This hurts your life every time. Where the other one Who cares? Does. Life is irrelevant in Commander. It is when you're dead. Oh, whatever. But, yeah, as you can see, we don't really agree on this one. <laughs> yeah, that was very subtle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but either way, that's going to wrap up uh, the end of our Hidden Gems. Hopefully you enjoyed our ride onto Onslaught. And be sure to also let us know who you think is the winner for this set part. But yep. either way, we're we'll going to see gonna, what you say. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, say. I would love to see you all say <laughs> me. Uh, but either way, that's going to conclude this section. We're going to do the money cards that's going to come up for next week. So be sure to check out the 10 that we were not allowed to choose from. And uh, Yep, well, you can also follow us on social media as well. We've got pages at Reddit, a tapped out page. We've got Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at the handle The Card Pool on all of these. And you can also just send us an email at mtgthecardpool at gmail.com. 
And so, until next time, yeah. I'm Stu. I'm Kyle. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you, you next time, time at the card pool. pool. I'm so right about this. Yeah, you might have won this one, but I, I disagree. I think my land's better. No. It is. No. Yes. No. Yes. Ugh.